science says very very simple basic fact science says the most natural reminder for you to drink water the most natural reminder for you to drink water is the thirst that we experience basic truth yet there are a plethora of apps on both android and ios with the sole purpose to remind you to drink water why is that we are too busy and distracted to 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 pay heed to the cry of our body for water don't you feel it sometimes i go through the day and i'm getting this headache i'm getting irritated with everything around i'm like ah what is happening suddenly like water just drink some water hydrate right we're too distracted to to pay attention to the thirst that our body experiences and it's true of our souls as well we don't just experience a physical thirst but a soul thirst which we often tend to ignore um uh, the chapter that we're going to be reflecting on this morning uh, is yet another song um by by david uh, this this he's he's expressing his thirst for god himself um and and yeah i i requested joshua to read the the passage for us and then i'll take you through what's happening in the passage psalm 63 verses 1 to 8 oh god you are my god earnestly i seek you my soul thirsts for you my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water so i have looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and your glory because of your steadfast love because your steadfast love is better than life my lips will praise you so i will bless you as long as i live in your name i will lift up my hands my soul is my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when i remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night for you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings i'll sing for joy my soul clings to you your right hand upholds me this is god's word amen thanks josh um allow me to just pray and then we'll get into the talk uh, father this morning we truly want to thank you because um even when we fail to recognize our own thirst uh, which is such a natural beautiful reminder when we fail to recognize you still come you you uh, you not just satisfy us but even before satisfying you show us our need so this morning if if um if we are at a place of not even recognizing our thirst lord this morning our soul's thirst would you remind us would you show us would you help us see where our souls are um and if we are at the place of really crying out and saying my soul is thirsty for you living waters would you satisfy our hearts this morning we need you lord in your name we pray amen Here's what's happening in this passage. Um David, uh the the person who wrote this psalm, this song, um he's he was the king of Israel. 
and uh, his own son absalom uh, he wanted the throne so he devises this amazing plan and and uh, he 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 rallies troops and david is chased from his throne for his life and david ends up in the wilderness and in the wilderness is where david writes this psalm and that is why i've titled the talk seeking god in the wilderness seeking god in the wilderness here's what we're going to be looking at the first thing is why should we seek god in the wilderness the second thing is what does seeking god in the wilderness look like what does it look like for us the third thing is seeing god in the wilderness why should we seek what does it look like and then we'll spend some time seeing and looking at god in the wilderness the first thing why should we seek god in the wilderness why is david seeking god in the wilderness he's a fugitive on the run for his life his own son is chasing him he's he's ended up in this wilderness he's probably run out of food and water has no safety and in this kind of place the thing he's seeking for the most is a vision of god not safety not food not water he's seeking for a vision of god why is david seeking why is he saying i seek you he's not seeking him because he doesn't know him he's not trying to explore and see if there is a god in the wilderness no that's not what that's not what's happening here he knows him look at how the psalm is starting he's saying oh god you are my god he's not saying oh god i seek you in the wilderness he's saying oh god you are my god honestly i seek you so he's seeking him out in the wilderness because he's not able to experience what he knows to be true of god he's seeking him out in the wilderness he's saying my soul thirsts for you you are my god i know you i know that your love is better than life but in this moment my soul is thirsting my flesh is fainting he's seeking because he's not able to experience the truth that he knows in his head in his heart isn't this sometimes or probably our our life here on earth isn't it most times characterized by this truth we are not able to experience in our hearts what we know is true of god and in the context of this psalm i've defined wilderness as the place where we are not able to experience what we know to be true of god god do you really love me in this moment based on what i'm going through i really can't feel it are you really fair why do the wicked prosper are you really fair why am i struggling so much do you even see what i'm going through why is my heart not able to feel you why is why is my heart not excited by the thought of meeting you and seeking you friends don't we have seasons 
like this. This is a function of the time that we are living in. We are living in a time that we often call the already and not yet world. Where Christ has already come, he died on the cross, he saved us, he paid the price and purchased us. But the work is, salvation will be only complete when he comes back again and, and removes the very presence of sin and evil forever. And, and is our salvation true? Did he save us? Yes. Are all the spiritual blessings in Christ ours in him? Yes. But do we, do we yet experience all of them? Not yet. We live in this already and not yet world. And, and this world, we can, we can title this world as a wilderness where we know who God is, where we know the truth about him, but oftentimes we do not experience these truths in our heart. Seasons where we have come to the verge of giving up. Probably it's a dead-end uh, work, messed up relationships, broken dreams, uh, a long drawn-out battle with mental health, physical health. These things are real, friends. And Christianity is a real faith that speaks to our real world. In moments like this, when God seems so distant and unreal, where we know him in our minds, but don't yet experience in our hearts, this is wilderness. And, and I really hope that our hearts are able to experience and put a pinpoint on this truth. I am in a wilderness season if you're going through one. Hey, another kind of wilderness is also true especially with artists, professionals, successful people like you and I, the one where we are enjoying success after success, like we have everything that we need, an amazing job uh, uh, and a thriving relationship. Um, and and we, have, we can get all the good things of life if we want them, right? But our hearts still are not deeply satisfied. Our hearts still keep striving for more. We need more. It's about the next big thing. This kind of wilderness is also true. And in this wilderness, it's, it's, this is even more dangerous because we are too distracted, like we said earlier. We are too distracted and too busy to recognize that our souls are actually thirsty. This kind of wilderness is true. Where our souls are actually thirsty, flesh is fainting, but we are too distracted because we've been in God's grace. We have a lot of things to be distracted by. And that's why Psalms like this, when in my first look, I look at the Psalm, David is in some wilderness, he's crying, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints. I'm like, God, this is not my experience. I am living in a comfortable home here in Mumbai. I have the best of food that I can, anything you want, you can get here in Bombay. You're enjoying this amazing city life. 
but deep inside there is a soul thirst that still goes unattended living in an amazing city like this and and psalms like this force us to see and recognize this thirst and i really hope that the psalm is doing that for you second thing what does seeking god in the wilderness look like here's how it looked like for david seeking god in the wilderness meant experiencing an appetite for god that's how he was seeking god look at what he's saying my soul thirsts for you my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water he's experiencing an appetite for god he's at the end of himself and that's where this i'm all out beyond this if you don't show up if you don't come to my need i'm out seeking god in the wilderness often looks like expressing and experiencing an appetite for god and look at what he's doing so i have looked up upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory this is something beautiful happening here where is david in the wilderness where has he looked upon god in the sanctuary which is jerusalem where he was chased out of what david is looking at here is the last time he spent with the body of believers together worshiping him and looking upon the holy of holies and he's saying i looked upon you in the sanctuary in the midst of the wilderness friends this is what we want our times in new city to be like every song that we sing every sermon that we speak are designed to give us a vision of god that doesn't go away when the rubber hits the road in the week when we are on the verge of giving up our services are designed to give us a fresh vision of god which we can hold on to and claim and cling to when the rubber hits the road and that is why we need our our gospel huddles in the middle of the week here once a week my soul is terrible to forget we need that midweek reminder where we are forcing ourselves i don't feel like it so, uh, uh, the last week when we were uh, looking at when we were spending time in the huddle most of us were very honest in saying i don't feel like it i i i'm I, i'm experiencing uh, a very low interest we need times like this where we need we have community to show us and help us see god even when our souls don't feel like friends this is our prayer for us as a church that the vision of god that we get to see and and behold and hold on to will truly sustain us when we hit the road out there in the world through the week here's what's happening 
David is experiencing an appetite and then he says, I looked upon you in the sanctuary and look at what he's saying now. He's saying, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. In the midst of the wilderness, he experiences this thirst and then he says, I look upon you in the sanctuary and behold your glory. And now he's saying, my soul will feast as with fat and rich food. He's still not safe. He's probably still not had water or food. But a glimpse of God satisfied his soul. Friends, this is why wilderness seasons are so important for us. God uses the wilderness to wean us off every unsatisfying desire to build an appetite for God himself. He weans us off everything, every unsatisfying desire to build an appetite for God. That is what David is doing. My soul is thirsty. My flesh is fainting. But in the same psalm, he's saying, I will feast on you as with rich and fat food. He's basically saying, then he says, your steadfast love is better than life. You know what he's saying? He's basically saying, it's okay if I die of thirst. It's okay if I die of hunger. It's okay if I'm murdered in this wilderness. But I want a glimpse of you. Because your steadfast love is better than life. Friends, I want us to picture what is it that we most want on this earth. What is it that our hearts desire for most on this earth? Whatever it is my heart wants, whatever it is it desires the most, it is us looking at Jesus is saying, I want you more than that at the cost of all of this. That is what wilderness seasons do it for our hearts. Rick Warren, a, a, a famous pastor and, and uh, of, author of a book that all of us have probably uh, read, The Purpose Driven Life, he says this. He says, you will never know God is all you need until God is all you have. And in the wilderness seasons, literally, God is all we have. If we are in the season of wilderness today, may, we, may, may I ask us, what is God trying to wean us off so that we can richly feast on him? What is God trying to wean us off? I'd like to share a little bit of, of uh, my story with you and I've often talked about this the one area that I constantly experience a wilderness in is the area of my finances I always feel like it's not enough my heart knows my mind knows Christ is enough he'll provide but my heart still doesn't experience it even though it is my reality 
And recently, when I was preparing for this sermon, I saw that God is doing something in my heart today that is helping me wean off my desire for more money to be satisfied in Him. Recently, Taru and I started considering um, this giving decision. Um, and and the, the, the moment that thought came in my mind, my heart sank because I know what our finances are like. I know what our income is, our expenses is, our saving is, and I know what our giving could be. And, and in that moment, I was like, oh gosh. But we really felt this, this burning desire to give and invest in the kingdom of God. And I realized this is how God is weaning my heart off my desire for more money to be satisfied to him to be to be fed and to be dependent only on him and not look to my finances as my source of satisfaction hey what is your area of wilderness where you genuinely feel you're at the end of yourself and then uh, you can't do it. And how is God using this season to build an appetite for himself to be satisfied by him alone? It could be in our work life, a thirst for security, a thirst for fulfillment that we are trying to find desperately from our work but is eluding us again and again. God is saying, hey, would you be satisfied in me? Security and fulfillment. Of course, I've given you work as a gift, but it should point to me, the source of all security and fulfillment. It could be our, our relationships, our marriage, our singleness, thirst for love and intimacy, our, our finances, thirst for security and comfort, our health, Thirst for physical or, or emotional wholeness that so many things in this world are trying to offer. Where are we experiencing the wilderness season in our hearts? And, and how is God trying to wean us off anything that we are trying to feast on more than him? Now don't get me wrong. Of course he's given us these good gifts our jobs, our health, our money, our, our food, everything is, our, our, all of these are from him. I'm not telling give up all of these. All these things should point to him. And when we don't have it, our lack must make us run to him. When we have it, it must point to him. Our lack must make us run to him. If we've recognized where our wilderness season is, shall we spend some time looking at doing what David did in the psalm? Just seeking God and looking at him. Shall we look and see God in the wilderness? Friends, as David looked upon God in the sanctuary in the wilderness, we have the joy and privilege of looking upon the God who left his perfect heavenly throne and stepped into the wilderness. David was chased into the wilderness. Jesus, the greater David, willingly went 
into the wilderness. This psalm, like all psalms and all books of the Bible, is about Jesus. And must point us to him. When Jesus was in the wilderness, spent 40 days fasting. Think about this. God himself experiencing hunger. Flesh fainting. God himself experiencing this. In that moment when the devil comes and tells him, Hey, turn these stones to bread. You can do it. What does Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What is he doing? He's doing what David did in verse 5. He was being satisfied in his father as with rich and fat food. When the devil shows him all the kingdoms of the world and he says, if you bow down to me, all this will be yours. What does Jesus say? says, do not tempt me. I, in that moment, he looks and he beholds his father as David is doing in verse 2. He sees his father and his kingdom in all his glory. And all these puny little earthly kingdoms fade into naught in the light of that. Jesus not only entered the wilderness, but overcame every temptation in the wilderness because he was richly satisfied in his father. And friends, he did it for your sake and mine. We know how badly we give in to be satisfied by so many things around us, often ignoring our soul's thirst for God himself. But when Jesus went on that cross, holding your sin and mine, it was as if Jesus gave into every temptation. He was punished as if he went and satisfied himself with every other temptation because he took your sin and mine upon himself. And here's what Jesus cried on the cross. And, and when I was reflecting on it, my heart was moved to worship. I thirst. Why is this profound to our souls? This is the same Jesus who said, Whoever drinks of the water that I give him, he will never thirst again. The same Jesus is crying, I thirst. This is God himself, the ever-flowing spring of life, crying, I thirst. He was physically thirsty for sure, but it was just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. For the first time, this beloved son didn't have access to his beloved father, whom he richly was satisfied in. So that you and I, unfaithful, wretched, broken people, when we are in our seasons of wilderness and, and we are uh, looking at God and saying, I need you, I can't do this on myself, we don't deserve his help, we don't deserve to be satisfied, but still he comes and embraces us and says, drink of me and then you will never go thirsty. Because Jesus on the cross 
cried, I thirst. David's cry in verse 1, my soul thirsts for you, is an ultimate pointer to Jesus' cry on the cross. I thirst. Christ rescued us from the ultimate wilderness of God's just and holy wrath so that when you and I are experiencing seasons of brokenness and wilderness in this already and not yet world, we will still be met with the ever-satisfying Father so that our souls can be satisfied in Him as with fat and rich food. Friends, as, as followers of Jesus in this broken world, we do experience these long and difficult seasons, and that's true. But here's the thing. Our Christian life is not characterized by a lack of thirst. It is characterized by every thirst of ours being satisfied in Christ himself. It is not characterized by a lack of thirst, but by every thirst being satisfied in God himself. Charles Spurgeon, an amazing, amazing follower of Jesus, he was a brilliant preacher. He was called uh, the, the prince of preachers. And, and he preached approximately 10 million sermons, uh, uh, sorry, 10, up to 10 million people in his life. And he preached almost 3,561 sermons, which are now compiled in an amazing book. And, and this amazing follower of God who helped so many people grow in their faith, this amazing person experienced long and intense seasons of depression. He even wrote a book, Encouragement for the Depressed. This was not once in a while bout. This was long and intense seasons of depression. Of depression. He says, I know perhaps as well as anyone what depression means and what it is to feel myself sinking lower and lower. Yet at the worst, when I reach the lower depths, I have an inward peace which no pain, no depression can in the least disturb. Trusting in Jesus Christ, my Savior, there is still a blessed quietness in the deep caverns of my soul. If you're a follower of Jesus, how is your current season of wilderness revealing a thirst that only Jesus can satisfy? If you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, what can I say to you? This Christian faith is for the real world. It gives us a real God. Why do I say this? Every, every faith and every self-help stuff always gives us five, five steps to escape seasons of difficulty. Five things to do to get out of it. But the Christian faith gives a God who doesn't give you five steps to come out of it, but a God who sits with you in the wilderness, who entered the wilderness to embrace 
to satisfy and to save and this morning this christ wants to satisfy your souls hey we don't know i don't know where or what the cry of your soul is probably in, in this is a very short time for you to even uh, consider what it is but my only ask is would you just consider the next time you feel at your deepest low would you just consider crying out to jesus and saying if you are real would you just speak to me would you would you satisfy me in this moment he says everyone who drinks of the water that i give will never thirst again allow me to pray even as i close this talk father we truly want to uh to acknowledge that often times the thirst that we experience is is uh, is either ignored or tried to be met with something so unsatisfying unappetizing junk that we've completely absolutely ignored your call to come and drink deep of you to feast on you jesus this morning we acknowledge that even as we go back into the week our hearts our souls will forget but when we experience this thirst like david holy spirit would you give us the power to ask for a glimpse of you to remember you to behold you to 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 hold on to you as long as our souls need to be satisfied help us not to just take a nibble and run away help us to sit at the table and drink deep and eat well feast on you help us lord we need you in your name we pray jesus amen